Let's look in the book of Ephesians, if you'll turn with me this morning, in the New Testament book of Ephesians in chapter number 5 is where we'll be reading. Miss Brother Thomas and Sister Tanya this morning. Brother TJ's been filling in for a month at uh, a church that's out of a pastor down in the edge of Alabama, uh, down around the uh, Graham area, if I understand right. And um, so they went with him this morning and are singing and so forth. And I miss them when they're not here. And I also get to pull double duty. So I have to slow down just a minute after singing and directing music and whatever and get me a drink of water or so before we go into the preaching time. But uh, we do miss them being with us this morning in the meeting. I miss Brother TJ being with us in these morning meetings now for about uh, a month. And I think he's going to be there next month filling in as they are, like I say, they are not, uh, they do not have a pastor currently. And he's filling and, and giving them pulpit supply at the moment. And so we want to pray that the Lord would help him and use him. <clears throat> as well as our other preachers that are preaching today as well. And, uh, but that's why Brother Thomas and Sister Tanya are not here. They were here for Sunday school and gave them an hour because, you know, those folks in Alabama are always behind. And uh, so they gave them an hour after Sunday school to make that drive down to Graham for the morning service. Let's look in the book of Ephesians in chapter 5, and we'll beginning it, begin our reading in verse number 14. If you'll uh, look along with us in the word of the Lord, and if you are able and willing, I would invite you to stand with us, and we'll reference the reading of the word of the Lord Amen. this morning <clears throat> in Ephesians in chapter number 5 and beginning in verse number 14. It is a familiar portion of scripture, one from which we have delivered a large number of messages. We have visited time and again, come back often. And it is where the Lord has directed our hearts to for this morning's message as well. Ephesians chapter 5 and in verse number 14, the word of the Lord says... Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See that, the, that ye walk circumspectly. That means carefully, cautiously. See that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Amen. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, yes. speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. We spent a lot of time in the past few years on that verse. Can't spend too much time on it. That's wonderful. I mean, it's wonderful. Amen. Speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our text really is focused in and around verse number 16. When the Bible says redeeming the time because the days are evil. You can be seated this morning. Thank you for standing with us while read the word of the Lord. I want to preach this morning using this phrase. It will be one that is familiar to you. Time has made a change. Time has made a change. A man by the name of Harkins Fry. Isn't that a cool name? Harkins Fry, a man from West Virginia, of course, with a name like that. You must come from West Virginia or Kentucky or Ohio. That's requirement. And, uh, but a man named Harkins Fry from West Virginia wrote a song back in the 1920s that was first published in the book Rise Up Singing. And it holds an undeniable truth for us that becomes more of a clear reality to me every day that I live. The song is titled, Time Has Made a Change in Me. When I was but a boy, he said I could climb the hillsides all day long, but I am not the man that I used to be. Time has made a change in me. The song reflects an impact of time in this world and the changes that are made and then reminds us of a world that is timeless 
and of a people who will be forever young when they get on that blissful shore over in that place the Lord has promised unto those of us that know Him, a place where time will never make a change. The reality is while we are in this world, time makes a significant change. Time makes a very real change. Time makes a measurable change. When you're young, you don't think about it. But uh, when you get, start to get a little older, when time begins to pass by, you notice it. You start recognizing your father's face in the mirror instead of your own. And uh, those things begin to happen that cause you to realize how much time has passed. It's amazing how when you get a little older, the other day gets a long time. It gets to be a lot longer ago. Here recently really just means sometime in the last 20 or 30 years. And when you say here recently and it hadn't been long, your kids say, when was that? And you tell them when it was. And they said, my soul, Dad, that's before I was even born. And so your concept of time is quite different after time has passed by. I mean, to some of you, it seems like just yesterday that there was this craze going across the country about what is going to happen during Y2K. And then to some of you, you don't even know what a Y2K is. You don't even remember when it was and were not even born when it happened. And you have a driver's license and a voter ID card and all that kind of stuff. But you weren't even born during Y2K, let alone remember anything about what happened in it. But for most of us, that just seemed like the other day, here recently. But time has made a change. At 31 years ago this past week, 31 years ago this past week, I came to know the Lord in the free pardon of sin. And I praise His dear name, 1989, 25th of June, 1989. 31 years ago, I came to know the Lord. And 31 years in time has passed and there's been a lot of things that have happened. It seems like in some ways that in the past few months that life has slowed down so drastically. But while life has slowed down so drastically that time has just flown out of proportion. It seems that change has gone into hyper mode. And that change is on steroids. And it seems like that the world is coming apart at its seams. I don't know how it is for you, but I look around me. And Brother David Castile, I see a world I don't even recognize. I see a country that does not resemble, does not even resemble the one that I grew up in. I mean, friend, things it seems like are just raging out of control and everything is upside down and right is left and left is right and up is down and down is up and good is bad and bad is good and right is wrong and wrong is right. And it seems like that in the world's perception. It is a time in which, my friend, it seems like everything has been turned on its ear. Time has surely made a change. This past week also, my wife and I, we celebrated our 26th wedding anniversary. Surely time has made a change. I remember the other day, I say the other day, y'all remember how that goes. Here recently, that could have been 20 years ago. It hadn't been long ago, could have been a long time back. I remember it seemed like not long ago, we sat at my mom and dad's house and when they gathered all the family around and kids and grandkids and now great grandkids all in the house and just a house flooded with them and we didn't have room for everybody to see it and dad was trying to find extra chairs and mom was and have places for us to sit, tables filled with food and mother always feeds us more than what we can stand and then send stuff home with us to eat and we'd had a big time and my daddy looked at my mom as we all tried to gather in the music room around there to sing as we always do and we get together and every seat full and folks sitting in one another's lap and just standing on top of one another to sing and my daddy looked around at mother and he began to cry and he said, Marguerite, do you remember that a long time ago it was just you and me? Now look at all of this family standing around here. It used to just be us. And now the house is full. You know what happened? Time has made a change. Time has made a change in the old home place. Time has made a change in this smiling face. And I know my friends can plainly see time has made a change in me. That's the way. How did Brother Harkins fries a song win? The Bible has a great deal to say about time. Our text this morning says, Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now there's much to say about time in the word of the Lord. The Bible tells us about the fullness of time in Galatians 4 and 4. That's when Jesus came, was in the fullness of time. 
How the Bible said when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we may receive the adoption of sons. It was in the fullness of time. I praise the Lord that Jesus came right on time. Jesus is always on time. He was born on time. He lived on time. He died on time. He was buried on time. He rose again on time. He ascended back to the Father on time. And He's coming again on time. Hallelujah. He is an on-time God. Hallelujah. And the fullness of time, not one minute too soon, not one minute too late, but right on time. The Bible has to say something about the time of refreshing. In Acts chapter 3 and verse 19, he talks about that man who had repented and his sins were forgiven. He said he would have times of refreshing from the Lord. Any of you that saved by God's marvelous grace know what it is like to have a time of refreshing from the Lord. For God to step in when you are in the midst of your frustrations and your trials, when you feel like you're at the end of yourself, how when it seems like you have fought a battle and every Philistine on the hillsides come against you, and yet the Lord, you have nothing left but a bone, nothing left but dry and barrenness, and yet the Lord does like He did this morning in our Sunday school lesson, and He clave a hollow place in the jawbone, and the road, and Samson broke it open, and He drank water out of that hollow space that the Lord prepared. It was for him a time of refreshing. I know what it is to be so thirsty for God and to pant after him like a heart pants after the water brook. To need to hear from heaven, to need to hear from the Lord, to need to have a voice of God speak in my heart and praise the Lord when I long for him. He saw fit to give me water. He sent me good news from a far country. He encouraged and refreshed my soul. There are days I feel like I'm at the end of myself. And yet I find out I'm not at the end of God at all. I feel like I'm not at the the end of the rope. But I can tie a knot and hang on. And no God will take care of me. I find refreshment in the Lord. I find myself between a rock and a hard place. But I know I can turn to the rock. I praise His dear name. I've got to paddle. I have no paddle but I'm up a creek. My boat sprang a new leak. My friend, it's sink or swim. I'm really on the spot. But I'm glad Jesus is hope when there is no hope. Standing right there at the end of my rope, I call His name. He's just the same whether night or day. There are times of refreshing from the Lord. And then Acts chapter 17 and verse 31 talks about a time of judgment. Because He hath appointed a day in which He will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained whether he hath given assurance whereof he hath given assurance unto all men and that he hath raised him from the dead you realize there is a day appointed there is a day appointed is it appointed a man wants to die and then after this the judgment there is a day appointed there is a time appointed when you will stand before the Lord and give an account for the works done in this body whether they be good or whether they be evil and the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians that he will judge the same man according According to his works. That tells us in the book of Revelation at the great white throat judgment that he will open the book and they will be judged according to their works. Oh, my friend, that's that not what the scripture says. In these days, in the day of judgment, it does not matter. Saved or lost, in the day of judgment, you're going to stand before the judge. I'm not declaring there will be one judgment. I am declaring there will be one judge. Whether you are saved or lost, you will stand before the Lord and give an account for the deeds done in this body. The works done in this body will be judged according to your works. And that crowd that will say, Lord, have we not done many wonderful works in thy name? He 
will say, Depart from me, ye worker of iniquity. Have they declared their works to be wonderful? He declared their works to be iniquitous. And he said, For I never knew you. Oh, my friend, there is coming a day of judgment. There is coming a time of judgment. This crowd in our generation runs about saying, Can't nobody judge me but God. And they have forgotten that one day he surely will. He will judge the world by his son, Jesus Christ. And when we are measured by the plumb bob of Jesus, when we are measured by that plumb line that is Christ, how we'll find our way crooked. We'll find our way wanting. We will find our lives short. The only hope you have in the judgment is for your heart to be pure, for your life to be redeemed, for your soul to be saved. And when you stand before God, you stand on your own two feet and have no one to, to advocate for you, have no one to argue for you, have no one to be your days man, have no one to represent you. You'll be lost before God and forever. But praise God, if you're saved by His marvelous grace, we'll also stand in the judgment. But we'll not stand without an advocate. We'll not stand without a representative. We'll not stand without a days man. And when the old accuser, the devil, rises up against us and declares every evil thing that he says we ever did in this body. And I assure you, since the devil is a liar, he will say some things that are not true while he also says some things that are true. Oh, but our advocate, our go-between, our Lord Jesus, and my friend will stand up for us and he will intercede for us. And my friend, I will make it into glory not because I have been good, not because my last name is Powers, not because I'm a Baptist preacher, but because I know Jesus, and Jesus, and my friend represents me. You talk about a high-powered legal team. You talk about a high-powered attorney. You talk about a skilled, a man in the courtroom. Oh, you don't get any better than that. Nobody else will ever win a case in God's court but Jesus. But he has never lost a case in the court of God. His argument is always right. And his argument is always the same. His argument will not be Brother Toby was a good old boy. Brother Toby did well by serving me. His argument will be he's mine. Hallelujah. He's mine. I paid for him at Calvary. And the blood of Christ will speak for me. And that alone is why that I can have confidence that I'll make it through in the time of judgment. It's because my Savior stands for me. A time of refreshing, a time of judgment, a time of fullness. And then there is that the Bible tells us about a time of salvation. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2, the time of the judgment is yet to come. The time of refreshing or here and there. The time of fullness was already past. Jesus has already come. But the time of salvation is right now. It is today. Oh, for he saith in 2 Corinthians 6 and 2, I have heard thee in a time accepted. In the day of salvation have I succored thee. That is to be brought in, to be drawn in. To be received. I want to be received of the Lord. He said, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You know when you ought to get right with God? Right now. You know when you ought to get saved? You ought to ask the Lord to be your Lord and Savior right now. Ask the Lord to save you. Ask Him to have mercy on your life. And He will do what you've asked Him to do. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. And there is a time of salvation. And that time is now. Amen. Now, that's the introduction. Let, let me preach to you just a minute. Amen. In reviewing this matter and considering the impact of time, I really noticed three things in the Bible concerning this issue of time has made a change. I'll give you these three things and then a few things about those things that will be done. 
Now I've got to follow the rules. I can't help it. I didn't make the rules. That's just the rules. And so we're following the rules this morning. A few things and then a few things about those things. Really this morning, just three simple things that I want to share with you in the message. That is some things that time cannot change. Some things that time cannot change. Number two, we want to talk about some things that time can change. And number three, I want to talk about some things we should do with time. And so some things time cannot change, some things time can change, and some things we should do with time. First of all, some things time cannot change. I'm thankful time does not and cannot change the way of salvation. It cannot change the way of salvation. Redeeming the time for the days because the days are evil. We are living in evil days. We are living in limited times. We are living in wicked times that the days are evil, both because that men have behaved wicked in these times and also because these days are limited they are few man is born a woman is but a few days and full of trouble but even in these few days even in this evil time the way to God the way to salvation has not changed Titus chapter 3 and verse 5 said not by works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost which he set on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. I'm so thankful that I'm saved by His marvelous grace. And my friend, these things have not changed. They have not changed. And they will not change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love this word abundantly, which He said on us abundantly through Christ Jesus or through Jesus Christ our Lord. That salvation is that uh, that work of mercy, according to His mercy, washing of regeneration, renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He said on us abundantly. Abundantly, isn't that wonderful? Now listen, it's one thing for me to say, I have done the best that I could. I've given you according to, according to my ability. That'd be one thing. If I were to say that, but Brother John was receiving an offering this morning, and I had brought unto him a check and a wrote out on the check $1,000 and made it payable to Brother John Gammon and family and signed off on it and gave it to him. I would give him according to my ability. Oh, but that's not what the Bible said. It didn't say he uh, gave things, uh, things this, oh, what, this mercy, this grace, this regeneration, this renewing according to his ability, but according to his abundance. And what's the difference? It'd be like me taking that same check and writing it out, John Gilman and family, signing my name to it and leaving the amount blank, handing it over to Brother John and him saying, how much should I fill it out for? And me saying to him, how much do you need? I don't know, he says. However much you need, brother, that's how much you write it out for. There's plenty. There's all that you need. You know how God's taking care of us? You know how God saved us. You know how God's blessing us according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus with abundance, abundance, abundance. I'm telling you, my friend, the treasure trove in heaven has been opened and God has given us the keys to the kingdom and hallelujah, the way of salvation has sailed through the abundance of Jesus Christ. It's still through the abundance of Jesus Christ. You say, but I'm a great sinner. That's all right. He's a great savior. Hallelujah. I have done many things wrong. That's all right. He's done everything right. I don't know why God saved somebody like me. You don't have to know why. He knows why. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, but I don't have a good record. That's okay. He'll take your record, give you his. And then your record will be perfect. It is justification. It is reconciliation. It is redemption. It is a conversion. It is a change. And it's according to the abundance of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Way of salvation. Salvation is not in wisdom. It is not in the smarts of man. It is not in works. It's not in the abilities of man. It's not in water. It's not in the baptismal pool or the uh, or the sprinkling by some preacher or priest. It's not in a wafer or a Jesus cookie or participating in the Lord's Supper. But it is in, of, through, and because of a person. Our Lord Jesus Christ. Acts 4 and 12 said, Neither is there salvation in any other, but there is none 
nine other names given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. Time has not and cannot change the way of salvation. Time cannot change the way of salvation. Time cannot change the word of God. Time cannot change the word of God. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 18, Jesus said, For verily I say unto you, Till heaven and earth pass, not one jot or tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. Psalms 118.89, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Men may change their message. Men may change their doctrine. Men may even change their Bible. But it will not change the word of God. It does not matter whether you believe it or do not believe it. It will not change it. God's word remains the same. Some things time cannot change. It cannot change the word of God. It cannot change the way to salvation. Time cannot change the wages of sin. And you realize Romans 6 and 23, the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now wages are something you earned. Wages are something you deserve. It's a payroll. You are given according to your works. When God judges the sinner according to his works, it is eternal death. And that this truth is unchanged and it's coming at a time nearer than ever, friend. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And time cannot change that. Time cannot change the work of the Holy Spirit. I know that we're in a day and a time where we're putting men on the moon. How are they setting off rockets in the sky? How where it seems like this is the computer age, the information age. How where man is educated beyond his intelligence. And it didn't take a whole lot because by the way he behaves, you tell he ain't that terribly intelligent. Amen. But the work of the Holy Spirit has not changed. I'm told that I'm an anachronism. I'm a throwback to another generation. I'm here from another time. I'm a that thing of being an old time Christian as a thing of the past that being an old time preacher as a thing of a bygone error that the working of the Holy Spirit as a thing from another generation but I'm telling you God is still God and besides him there is not another and you can and should be and must and have been commanded to be filled with the Holy Ghost to have the power of God abiding in and on your life and the work of the Holy Spirit has not changed because he is a third person of the Godhead. That is, he is God ever been as much as Jesus is God and the Father is God. And if he is, he cannot say. If God the Holy Ghost has ever done something, he's still doing it now. Because he's God and he changes not. My friend, the old time way of worship is not the old time. It's the all time way of worship. The old time way of preaching is not the old time. It's the all time. God is not just a God of our fathers. He's the God of our fathers and the God of now. He is the I am who always was and always will be. The Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. The first and the last and everything in between. He's a right now kind of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the same God that filled my grandparents with the Holy Ghost and put the anointing on their life, He abides in my heart and can fill my life as surely as what He filled theirs. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And is available for your children and your grandchildren and even to them which are afar off. Amen. That's exactly right. Young people now say, oh, matter of fact, I've heard some of these young preachers say, but Brother Toby, that's different. Said, you've been around for a long time. Y'all realize I haven't always been around for a long time. Do y'all realize that? I mean, I was not born old. Do you realize that? At one time, I was a child. At one time, y'all young people, listen, I know you don't believe it, but I'm testifying just a minute. At one time, I was your age. Oh, y'all that's younger than me at one time, I was your age. I know it's hard to believe, but at 
one point Brother Toby was a little baby. I mean just a little bitty one. Well, not really. I was kind of a big baby. But at one point I was a baby. I mean eight pounds and 11 ounces. I wasn't a little bitty baby, but I was a baby. I mean at one point I was small. At one point I had to grow up just like you did. I was just a little boy on a church pew just like some of you little fellows are. I stood and sat I beside my daddy while he directed the choir. I pulled on his pants leg, interrupted him because I needed to go to the restroom. I thought he should stop all the choir singing and take me when I needed to go. I mean, I've been small just like you are. I know what it's like to grow up standing in the choir and trying to sing. Had to me singing loud as what I could. Had some of them wishing I wouldn't sing so loud. Had to wish in the choir then went over. How well my singing then they got a little older. I started to sing and then they were depending on me to sing loud. I'm my friend. I know what it's like to be a child. I've been young and now I'm older and not as old as what I hope to get. Hadn't have been young and now I'm older. Hadn't have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. I'm saying it surely as what is a 13 year old boy. 31 years ago God saved my soul and put me in his family. He'll still work in the same way. As surely as what he birthed in me a hunger for God and for the anointing of God and for the power and for the spirit of God. He's still working in the same way. And if you are saved, you are to be filled. And if you are saved, you are to operate in the power of the Holy Ghost and have the anointing of God on your life. Consecrate yourself unto the Lord and be used of Him. The Holy Spirit still works the same way. I remember as a little boy sitting on the pew watching my great-grandpa preach and he wasn't supposed to be preaching. The doctor done told him. I said, now Kirby, so whatever you do, I know how it is. You will not just get up there and speak. You're a hellfire brimstone preacher. And said that whatever, whatever you do, said just don't take any more appointments to preach. Your heart is so weak and so frail, you just can't handle it. And you'll pass out, you'll die on everybody right in front of them. And so he, uh, he realized he didn't have the strength to pastor of church anymore and he resigned where he'd been pastored for a lot of years. He pastored from the 30s all the way into the 80s. And then my friend, he didn't resign the church we've been pastoring. And they'd ask him and say, Brother Kirby, we're glad to have you here tonight. I remember one night at Pine Ridge was having, oh, we were having our Saturday night meeting and uh, they said, Brother Kirby, we're so glad to have you here tonight. Said, we know you can't preach for us. We heard about the, the health reports, but can you sing a song or lead us in a song? He said, I don't know why I'd heard anything to lead a song. And so he got his songbook up and walked up there. He could play the piano. He could sing. He could lead singing and he was a prince of preachers. And he grabbed his Bible and went up. Or his songbook and went up there and called out a number. I don't remember what it was. And he called out the number began to sing. He sung the first song. The tears began to roll down his face. And the Holy Ghost began to stir in his heart. God squeezed his heart and juice ran out his eyes. I'm telling you, God got real in him. And he got to the end of that first verse. And he said, I just got to say a word about this song. And he said, and he began to testify. Wasn't long he set his book down. About 45 minutes. He testified. Oh, my friend and priest, like a man with his hair set on fire. And when he got done, he sat down. I remember reaching into his pocket, pulling out that little tin of, of uh, nitro peels, pulling them out, sticking them up under his tongue, and him breathe in heaven his eyes getting swollen. I thought for sure he was going to die. Sure as a world. On the way home that night, I was riding with my grandmother and some of the others in a van together home. I heard them talking about it, them worried and concerned about it. And in my heart, as I sat in the back seat, I was just a little boy. I wasn't even saved. And I feel like God spoke to my heart. And I said, if that's worth him giving his life for, it's worth you spending your life. Hey, man, the dead. Oh, listen. I don't know what y'all think about this. doesn't really matter what you think about it. It's still the truth. I believe the Lord called me to preach before I was ever born. I believe I am doing today what I was put on planet earth to do. I was not, I did not say I was born saved and full of the Holy Ghost. I still had to be born again or here I turned Jesus away. I know just like anybody else turned Jesus away. I had died lost and going to hell. But I'm saying to you, God had a plan for my life. And he had a plan for my ministry. He had a plan to use me. And he has a plan for you. To use you if you'll yield to his plan. And let God use you. The work of the Holy Spirit has not changed.
Amen. John chapter 16, verse 7, Jesus said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. And he always does. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Woo! Hallelujah. Amen. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. I've sinned because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and ye see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. Oh, if we are to make the most of time, we can only do so through the power of the Holy Spirit. Our text says in verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding with the will of the Lord is and be not drunk with wine be not drunk with wine be not drunk with wine wherein is excess but be filled with the spirit filled with the spirit you realize when you get filled with the spirit it works in the opposite the direction the same way that intoxicating spirits work on you in other words when a man drinks wine he gets intoxicated he gets drunk and he does things that he would not otherwise do he behaves himself under the influence Influence. How would that spirit? Is that not right? Yeah. My wife and I stood this week and watched a man at a convenience store yeah. pulled over by a policeman doing a sobriety test yeah. and he could not pass the sobriety test. Yeah. Simple things that otherwise he would have been able to do, yeah. he could not do, yeah. and he would not do, and he behaved in ways that he would not otherwise have behaved yeah. because he was under the influence of alcohol. Yeah. Oh, we are not to be under the influence of alcohol, yeah. but we are to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit spirit. And things that I would not do, I do. Things that I could not do, I do. Things I would not have chosen to do, I do. Because I'm under the influence of the Holy Ghost. You ought to pray earnestly to God. Now listen, if you're saved, you're already indwelled with the Holy Ghost. But if you're saved, you ought to pray earnestly that God would fill you with the Holy Ghost. And that He would fill you every day. And that He would use you every day. And that He would anoint you every day. And that He would empower how are you every day? Amen. Hallelujah. And for fear of being labeled as something else, Baptist preachers have forsaken the preaching of the Word of God on this subject. You're right. But it's still in the Bible. Amen. Amen. And it's not changed. Speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart unto the Lord. That is, this, this speaking and singing is the effect of an overflown heart. And it has not changed. Hey. Some things that cannot, time cannot change. Number two, I'm going to move through this quickly. Some things time can change. Time can change your friends. Paul and Demons were fellow laborers in Philemon in verse number 24. He called him a fellow laborer. And they served together according to Colossians 4 and 14. But this fellow Demas, time came that it changed all of that. In 2 Timothy 4 and 10, Paul said, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica. How we, for the Demas experiences in the ministry. I've had some who traveled a little ways with me. They were there as a fellow laborer for a while and then they dropped out they quit serving the Lord they went another route they got slack or lashed or my friend they chose another way of life they went back to Thessalonica that's where Demas was before the Lord ever saved him he went back to that old life oh listen God help us how we for those experiences in the ministry some are here today and gone tomorrow have a listen to me if you are one of those who has a ceased in your service to God have my friend how you are not forgotten and you are missed. I see some that log on, some have ministers that I preached for in years past. Have the John that are no longer even in the ministry that log on and see our services and pay attention to the preaching and the singing. And we have very little fellowship in these days. And they see serving the Lord. And they may see this this morning. They may hear it on the radio or on the, uh, on the internet in years to come. I want them to know that they are not forgotten and they are missed. And the Lord will hear. He will heal. He will hedge you up. He will bind up your wounds and give you revival. If you're backslid on the Lord this morning, if you're living outside the will of God, let me encourage you to get things right with God. Get up, dust yourself off, and head right back in the right direction. Friends change. Some time can change. Families change. 
Psalm 27, 10 said, when my father and my mother forsake me. You realize there are times when moms and dads and brothers and sisters and neighbors and friends will and families will get divided. It's not always like it is when you have good times. I sat last night with all of my family around me, my wife and my children. And we talked a little bit about these verses and we had prayer and we had our Bible reading and we had time of fellowship together. May not always be that way. Doesn't have to always be that way. Things can change. May change because death can separate us, at least in this world. Oh, but praise God. Death has no power over a Christian home because we'll be together again and the circle will be unbroken if we get saved by God's marvelous grace. Amen. Daddy's going to heaven and I want you to go with me. Amen, amen, amen. But time has a way of changing families. I mean, I knocked that little boy. I'm a cowboy boots on. I had my friend cap pistols and a cowboy hat. I was always looking to pull a gun on somebody when I was small. Amen. I mean, I'm not that that same little boy anymore. And the time does pass by. My daddy's not the same rock of a man that he was physically when I was a little boy and I thought he was a mountain of a man. And now he's getting older and feeble and even slower if that's possible. And my friend, he is. Time has made a change. Families change, friend. But praise God, there's a place on the other side of Jordan where mom and dad will be young again. Hallelujah. Where we'll gather around the family circle and sing again praise his dear name. Oh my, I have some that have already gone on that I dearly love. And I miss daily, regularly, often. My heart gets heavy and feels empty because they are not close by. But praise God, we will have a reunion day. Woo! We will meet again on the other side. We will join back together again. And what a day that blessed day will be. Families, time can change friends, can change families. Time can change finances. Time can change and does change finances. If you happen to have any money at all, in a 401k or an IRA that is attached in any way to equities, that is, i.e. stock, bonds, mutual funds, particularly stocks and mutual funds, and you had it in January and you still have some of it now, you know that time makes a change in finances. The stock market was at an all-time high until... We had the invisible enemy from China that came and robbed our banks. Amen. The invisible enemy from China. We call it that because it came from China. Woo that upsets the media. Well, I can't help it where it came from. Isn't that right? It's amazing, isn't it? We live in a day of stupidity, sheer, utter, out outright, pure ever, as my papa used to say. I don't even know who ever it was. But pure ever stupidity. It is pure ever stupidity. If y'all didn't know that word before now, now you got a brand new one. And it ain't one of them highbrow $10 words like I shared with you right often, brother. Randy, it's one I borrowed from my papa who had a language all to his own. Pure ever stupidity. We live in a day where people have just gone mad. And I don't mean just angry. They're that too. I mean mad as in crazy. And if they have no sense, then they have no sense of proportion. Pure effort, stupidity. And everything troubles their sensibilities and sensitivities except for stuff that ought to trouble our sensitivities. We're upset about everything except for what we ought to be upset about. We are torn up about everything except for what's wrong. Oh, God, have mercy on us in this generation. And my friend, if you had any money at all, 
all them stocks and them bonds and them mutual funds, especially stocks and mutual funds six months ago, unless you have dumped a lot more in there with it, that time has made a change in your finances. Your 401k probably is about a, maybe not a 201, but a three and a half, a two and a half for three. A 1k, I mean, it has taken some reductions. It has taken some hits. Pension plans are looking for ways to remain viable. Companies are flushing the money out and the responsibilities with it. As so as to try to get those assets that are toxics off the books. Responsibilities off the books. We're printing money with printing presses. Money that does not exist. Whether it is literal paper money or it is digital money. We are creating money that does not exist. Time has made a change in our finances. That took from George Washington, the first George W. Then George W. Bush, the second George W. Then generate, my friend, $6 trillion in national debt. We are now, since George W. II, and my friend, and to this day, and my friend, we are some $23 trillion in debt as a nation. Oh, God, have mercy on us. And my friend, there's been a lot of things changed since them Y2K days. And the world is falling apart at the seams. A man does not really, he thinks, I realize that he thinks he's rich and increased with goods and has need of nothing and knows not that he's poor and blind and miserable and naked. Oh God, have mercy on us to open our eyes and see the things that this world are feeding. We live in a world where thieves break through and steal. We live in a world where things change. We're seeing corrupts. That time makes a change in finances. Acts chapter 3 and verse number 6, the apostle Peter said to that crippled man, silver and gold have I none. I don't have a piece of change to put in your jug. Barefoot and broke. But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Nazareth, rise and walk. Well, if you'd have asked him, interviewed him, CBS, ABC, ABC, NBC, Fox News, MSNBC, CNBC, CNN, the Wall Street Journal, have they interviewed him after he received that such as I have? And asked him, sir, would you have preferred for Peter to have money, silver and gold? How would you have preferred for Peter to have the such as I have. He said, man, the such as I have is always worth more than silver and gold. Hallelujah. If I had money, I'd still be sitting there broke. I'd still be sitting there with a a lame feet. But I'm walking today because of the such as I have. I'm telling you, the church does not need silver and gold. We need the such as I have. We need the power of God. We need the anointing of the Spirit. We need the the moving of his power that does not change. The rooters, the looters, and the rioters can tear the steeple off the church, but they can't rip the power of God out of our hearts. Hallelujah. They can set this church aflame as surely as what they've set others across this country aflame. They can seek to break our our uh, images. And listen, we don't worship these images. We don't have no crucifixes around here. But they could seek to, and, but the world, they don't, t- they don't make any differences. They, they see us the same as they see those heathen churches that don't even know the Lord. They see us the same. They could seek to tear down our uh, images or our uh, emblems, our steeple, our uh, take apart our building to uh, burn this place to the ground. But they cannot take Jesus out of my heart. They cannot remove the power of the Holy Ghost that resides with me. They can't make me lay down on my bed at night when I call on the Lord. And they can't make God so far away that He can't hear me. Those things they cannot take away. Hallelujah. Some of y'all are probably better off. You look at me like you, like you don't even know what I'm talking about. 
Sean King and the other lunatics running these extreme movements in our country. They're not just after Confederate statutes, most of which I couldn't care one way or the other about. One way or the other, don't care. What I do care is that it is the beginning of other things. Hey. It leads down to another road. Sean King this past week and other, uh, other of his lunatics along with him have said the problem that we really have is not Confederate statues. It's not even American statues. It's not even Ulysses S. Grant. It's not even Abraham Lincoln. It's really Jesus we got to be after. It's that Jesus that they look at. It's that white European Jesus. It's that white man's God. He is a symbol of racism and he must be torn down. That is the end game and I've been saying it before anybody else around here wanted to hear it anywhere. That has been the end game all along. It always is with the communists and still is. And used to be 30 years ago. Times made a change in me. 30 years ago every preacher I knew preached against communism. Haven't did it right regularly. And seems like I don't know very many who do anymore. Yeah. I had to feel like the Holy Ghost has pressed on my heart to be one. Yeah. If nobody else will be, I'll be the one crying in the wilderness. Yeah. But I'm telling you, that is the end game of communism. Yeah. It always has been. It always will be. Yeah. Their, their founder, Karl Marx, yeah. I called religion the opiate of the people. Yeah. He did so because he said, yeah. it numbs their sensibility to social justice. Yeah. How do you not recognize these buzzwords? Yeah. This communist movement is still a alive and well. But I'm telling you friend, they cannot take Jesus out of our hearts. They cannot change your relationship with God. They can rip away finances and family and friends. But time cannot change your fellowship with God. Time can change the future. John 4 and 14 tells us about a well springing up into everlasting life. I'm trying to get back on track. There will be no end of time when we get over yonder. When I reach my home in that great somewhere with my friends who wait to meet me there, free from pain and care I'll forever be. Time has made a change in me. Oh, thank God. Now listen, I'm going to give you an invitation with this. Some things we ought to do with our time. This morning you have time to repent and you need to do it. Today is the day of salvation. The Lord is at hand, said Philippians 4 and 5. How soon and very soon we're going to see the king. I believe he's coming back just like he said. I believe the trumpet's going to sound so loud. One day it'll wake the dead. In the twinkling of an eye, he'll split the eastern sky. Yeah. And I believe he's coming back just like he said. Yeah. Oh, our Lord is coming back to earth again. Yeah. Satan will be bound a thousand years. Yeah. And we will have no tempter then. Yeah. When King Jesus comes back to earth again, yeah. now is the time to repent yeah. and get ready while there's still a chance. While you have time, you need to repent. While you have time, you need to remember if you're saved by God's grace this morning, you need to look back to your 31 years. Somewhere or another where it was the Lord saved your soul. For me, it's been 31 years this week. You need to look back to that place where God found you. Oh, and where God saved you. Amen. And I'm not trying to take anybody down an ugly memory lane. Oh, but the Lord, I wish God would remind us this morning where we were when he saved us and where we could be had he not. Oh, my friend, go back to the place where the Holy Ghost whispered across your soul and drew you near to himself. Go back to that feeling of guilt and to that overwhelming heaviness that was on your heart. To that day when under a load of sin you called on the Lord and said, Oh God, have mercy on my soul. And the Lord miraculously came and lifted you up above the saddles and planted your feet on higher ground. Yeah. Remember where in time past yeah. you walked according to the course of this world yeah. according to the prince of the power of the air. Yeah. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience yeah. among whom also we all had our conversation yeah. and times past in the lust of our flesh yeah. fulfilling the desires of the flesh yeah. and of the mind and we're by nature the children of wrath yeah. even as others. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. But God who is rich in mercy yeah. for yeah. his great love wherewith he loved us even when you were dead in your sins have quickened us together with Christ by grace are ye saved I'm so glad he found me and my friend brought me in and saved me and changed my life I remember when I was in danger I remember when I was in distress I remember when I was delivered and now I am different praise God I can say I'm saved hallelujah Hallelujah. Remember, 
repent. Redeem the time, our text says. I hadn't forgotten where I was preaching. It just took me a little while to get back there. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. This word redeem is to buy up, to ransom, to rescue from loss. If we live our days without the anointing of the Spirit of God in our lives, we have lost the precious gift of time. We are to be spirit-filled, verse 18. Speaking the word, verse 19. Singing in our hearts, in verse 19. Shouting the praises, in verse 20. Most of what we do with our time involves none of those things. Did everybody hear what I just said? Is that not an absolute profundity? Brother Randy, there's your one to write down. Is that not an absolute profundity? Most of what we do with our time involves none of these things described in the spirit-filled man in verses 18 and 19. Let me read them again. Spirit filled in verse 18. Speaking the word, verse 19. Singing in our hearts, verse 19. Shouting his praises, verse 20. That's not what we do with most of our time, is it? We might as well be honest. We're losing way too much time. The world says, I don't know why you go to church so much. I don't know why they go so little. I don't know why God has to just take over your life. I can't imagine living it any other way. We are losing too much time. I'm going to say something probably controversial. Y'all know I don't like to do that. <laughs> I ride by four churches on the way to church on Sunday every week. I'm watching our world come apart at the seams. Of the four churches I rode by, only two of them had any vehicles in them at all, in the parking lot at all. At all. One of them had one car. One had two or three. Four churches. I understand people's concerns in the day we're living in. Don't, don't think I'm blind to that. I, I, am a, I am more in tune with current events than a human being probably should ever be. I understand people's concerns with the time we're living in. But I don't understand their lack of concern with the eternity that is waiting for us. Amen. I also don't understand how we can watch what we're seeing and not seek after God about it. Amen. What are we doing with our time? You don't realize that's all we have in this world. All we really have to do or can do is live and die. And we're wasting this world that we're in. We've invested our time in a lot of things, but not much in God. If, if Brother John, if you teach your kids, your boys, to fish and to hunt and to fire, an, uh, fire a, a gun and to drive an automobile and to run a computer or to uh, hit a golf ball, all those things just fine, dandy, wonderful, that's just dandy. But if they do all of those things with precision, if they can throw a fastball and a curveball and a slider, if they can throw a football and shoot a basketball and hit a hockey puck, long as they can't hit that stupid soccer ball, I'm okay. If they do all the rest of it with precision, but they don't know God, then you haven't done much. I mean, if you teach them everything there is to know, about all these other things in the world, and yet they don't know the Bible, and they don't know Jesus, and they don't know the Holy Ghost, and they don't know how to have church. What have we really taken and invested our lives in? Preacher, you talk like that's really the only thing that's important. That's because it is. Go ahead. Punch your children in the ribs. Tell them to look on up front and view you have seen a USDA certified grade A fanatic this morning. I believe that is the only thing that really matters. Is God, Jesus, and the Bible. Ultimately, all other good gifts come from that. Without that, we don't have anything. I want my children to be well versed in how to survive in this world and I like to teach them as many things as I can. I teach them things till their brains hurt. They tell me that. But more than anything, they need to know Jesus. Amen. I'd rather my children have little of this world's knowledge 
if that, if that were the choice, it's not a binary choice, but if it were the choice, I'd rather my children have little of this world's knowledge, sacrifice all of that in order to know Christ. That is what the Apostle Paul said in the Word of God, by the way. He counted all those things done that he may win Christ. In other words, that's not important. Knowing Jesus is important. Redeem the time. i got to finish. You need to resolve with it. You need to resolve. Some things we do with time. Repent, remember, redeem, resolve. Ephesians chapter 4, previous chapter, verse 17. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds. Walk not as other Gentiles walk. Resolve to be like Christ. My wife and I made some observations this week as we were walking among some people and felt so out of place. It's like we were... I told her, I said, I feel like a Martian that's come from outer space and landed on planet Earth observing this other planet that's out here. And I'm looking around and I don't like what I'm seeing and I'm ready to go back to my home planet. I don't know if you feel that way or not. It's a weird place we're living in. A lot of it's been going on a long time. We just had to pay attention to it. Some of it's come out of the woodwork. None of it's hidden anymore. Amen. Amen. It's a weird world. It's a weird world when people wear the kind of clothes that they have to pull on all the time to be able to walk in them. Yeah. Y'all notice that? Yeah, right. I told my wife this week, I said, it's amazing to me. I said, if these people wear some clothes that fit them, then they wouldn't have to pull on them like that all the time. I mean, I watch people stand up, they'd pull them this way, and then whenever they'd sit down, they had to pull them back that way, and then they'd pull them back that way, and pull them up this way, and pull them that way, and this way, and then they'd get up and have to adjust the whole thing. I mean, it was just, I mean, all over the place. They'd pull this one down, and that one up, and this one sideways, and I thought, my soul, surely you can afford more than a fourth of an outfit. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. And they thought it looked good. Well, they did that to themselves. Nobody else did. It ain't because somebody stole the shirt off their back. They dressed themselves like that. On purpose. Yes, sir. It's a weird world. Yes, sir. I watched a fellow. He had babies in both his hands trying to carry his babies, and he's having to walk like this to keep his pants up. That ain't no joke. He had his belt on. His belt didn't fit him and his pants didn't fit him. They were hanging all the way down where they just about to drop completely off. And you could see his drawers and he was walking like a penguin with babies in both hands. He couldn't even pull his pants up. And they thought they were cool. Y'all think what you want to about it. He got about like this and was standing there with them babies and then he could not figure out how to get his mask out of his eyes so he could see where he was going. God, help us. We are in a world that doesn't make any sense. And most people will spend their lives just trying to be like everybody else. Why are you doing that? Well, it's a thing now. That's what I get told. What in the world are people doing this for? My kids will say, well, Daddy, that's the thing. What do you mean it's the thing? Well, it's the thing. It's the thing people are doing. I mean, when I was a kid, the thing sounded like some of a horror movie, didn't it? I mean, the thing. Hey, crawled up out of the swamp and killed them little kids at night and spooked them all over the camp. It's the thing coming to a theater near you. The thing it will have you up scared and having nightmares all night. And now they say, well, Daddy, that's the thing. Well, if it's the thing, I don't want to catch it. I don't want to get it. Amen. I'm telling you the thing that's going on in people's lives is something I don't want to happen in mine. You need to resolve in your heart this morning to be different than this whole world. Whatever the thing is that they've got, whatever the thing is that they're doing, you need to realize you're not to follow them with the thing. Some things we ought to do with our time. Resolve not to walk as other Gentiles walk. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 calls us new creatures. Precisely one chapter later, 2 Corinthians 6, 17. We are told how to behave. Wherefore, come out from among them and be a separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. If you will be received of them, you cannot be accepted of him but if you'll be resolved to get a divorce from public opinion
communion, you can be received of the Lord. This is the reception of fellowship that I seek after. I am resolved. I want to be where God is. Feel His presence and His power and His fellowship. I must quit preaching. I'm not finished. I have to quit. I'm worn out and you are too. Time has made a change in me. John, if you would come with an invitational hymn, please. Sister Jane, come to the piano for me. I I saw a fellow here not not long ago, here a while back, right recently. Y'all interpret that however you want to. I don't remember what it was. Time has a way of fleeting away. And he said, Brother Toby, we went to high school together. He said, Brother Toby, said, uh, you still believe that stuff you preached on? We were in high school. I said, oh, yeah. I just know a little better why. And I just believe them a little more firmly. Time has made a change. 31 years ago, I didn't make sure that my face was shaved just right for fear of that's where all the gray whiskers are. See, If I have gray here, it's all here. If I wanted to grow a beard, I wouldn't because my beard would be streaked and gray. Brother John and I both used to have a mustache. John Michael does better with his than his daddy did. Yeah. And both of our mustaches were dark back then. The times made a change. I can't jump up on the back of the pews. Y'all think I preach wild now. You ought to have seen them when I was 20 years old. Some of you did. Jump up on the back of the pews, run down the pews this way and that way while I was preaching. I'm tired. I can't do that stuff anymore. Time has made a change. But it has not changed what I believe. And it has not changed who dwells in me. Brother Junior, if anybody thinks that I am less excited about Jesus now than what I was running down them pews when I was... 16 years old, they just don't know what's going on down in here. Are you listening to me? This morning, you need to resolve in your heart you're going to be a servant of the King. You're going to sell out and live for God. I'm telling you, our days are short. Jesus is coming just any day. This old world may laugh at that all they want to, but I'm telling you, I wouldn't be surprised not to see tomorrow morning. I wouldn't be surprised not to come back to church tonight. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. You better be ready. If you're going to do anything for God, you better do it now. If you're going to make anything out of your life, you ought to make You know what I would do? You know what I would do if I knew when Jesus is coming? I'd do exactly what He told me to do already and just keep on doing it until Jesus comes. And I'm telling you, Jesus is coming before we know it. Now's the time to do something that matters in time because it's the only time we have. It's right now. Everybody stand. You need to pray this morning. I'd invite you to come. The truth of the matter is this morning if God has speak to our hearts, these altars ought to be filled with people seeking after the Lord. I'd invite you to come. Time is slipping past. You need a sense of urgency about serving and let's sing.